Welcome to I Have Issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got one very quick question for you. That's right, you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully, you're keeping well and keeping safe. Now, before I introduce my guest, I do just want to remind everyone that at present, I do have an Indiegogo campaign for my forthcoming outlaw graphic novel, Lady Satan, an angel in a killer's dress. And would you Adam and Eve it? There's about 12 hours left of the campaign and it's sat at 96% funded so if you're interested in this book i suggest that you take a look in the description box down below where you will find a link to this campaign but also take a look in the chat i dropped a link in there and i'm sure there'll be some people dropping the link throughout the show so please go over take a look and hey if you can't buy the book i get it i understand times are tough you know we've got to watch what we spend our money on but please feel free to share the link on your social media platforms and before you do let me tell you a little bit about the book it's a one 130 plus page outlaw graphic novel. It is a revenge tale unlike any other. It takes elements of the thriller and the horror genre and blends them together with a noir aesthetic to tell a truly haunting character-driven story through vengeance and darkness. This is the story of Lucille, a stripper from France who was abducted to be the star in a snuff film, but she did something that no one else has done she survived. And because of that, she's become the vigilante Lady Satan. She travels from town to town, taking down small-time criminals until she ends up on British soil, where she discovers that the man who tortured and abused her in front of the camera for this snuff film is a high-ranking British police officer who is under investigation from the MI5, which means she has one chance, and one chance only, to exact her revenge. Now, if that sounds like your kind of book, like I said, there is a link in the description box down below. And there's also a link in the chat to this campaign. There is 12 hours left to get this bad boy 100% funded. At the moment, we're sat at 96%. I believe in you guys. Let's do this. Now, there's also another campaign out there. But this one's on Kickstarter. It's called The Incantessi. It's by Rich Perotta, who you may know his name because he's been an inker for Marvel and DC Comics. He's worked on such titles as Deadpool, Cable, X-Men, New Mutants, Booster Gold, Batman Beyond. Quite a few. And he just so happens to be our guest this evening. So could you please welcome to I Have Issues, Rich Perotta. Rich, how the devil art thou, good sir? Hello. how are you hello how's everything going yeah not too bad man just dealing with the the final 12 hours of the campaign and kind of going okay okay we're like it's 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 cutting close to the wire now but you know what will be will be my goodness that that must be nerve-wracking uh but yeah thank you for having me man Thank you. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored that you uh, decided to throw me on at such a at the time that you're dealing with, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anytime, man. I'm always happy to help. Like I said, you know, we're all in the same boat. It's pointless if we all paddle in different directions, man. We got to help each other out here. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, yes, Rich, do. how about we start things off by quickly saying hello to everyone in the chat? Hello we- to everyone in the chat. Which includes Red Cap Arts. Good evening, good sir. How the devil art thou? We Hello, also Red Cap. we also have Ginge Gingerton. Hi, Ginge. What's up? And uh, yeah. Zachary. Hello, Zachary. How you doing? Yeah. Good and to meet also... everybody here so far. Uh, Bristolian Dave. 
All right, me babbers. That's right. I like it. Junaj <laughs> uh, Perdan. I hope I'm saying the name right. I, I hope I don't sound too ignorant or anything. Sorry about that. Hello, how are you? And uh, Chelsea Knight. Hello, Chelsea. How you doing? I'm, I'm I mean, like, yeah, a lot of people here today. Thank you. Yeah, man. We uh, do have a lot of people. Crimson Owl was... Uh, yeah, I remember those commercials. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm having a... I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm glad to meet everybody here, and it's it's uh, and I'm, I'm just a little while ago, Mr. Lucifer here showed up on my live on my live show presentation for a little bit, and he saw me working on uh, some concept art for uh, what's going to continue going on for it because I've already finished issue one. Yeah, and uh, issue one is the one is uh, the issue in question that's under the Kickstarter, and uh, what I'm doing right now is. For the go lives for the live sections that I have, I'm doing the concept art for a lot of the characters going to appear in the story as the chapters continuously unfold. It's yeah. going to be I finished the first chapter. I have chapters two, three, and four that I'm going to finish on a quarterly scale. Uh, the next issue is going to be out in June, hopefully, and the issue after that will be September. And if I push with any luck, I should have the next. Ep I should have the final chapter out maybe a couple weeks before Christmas. Excellent. Well, that's hope so. It's, it's me doing the whole thing. Yeah, right, the, the, the writing, the uh, penciling, the inking, the colors, and the lettering, and all that stuff. So, ah, yeah, that's going to be fun. Have you got an editor on the book, or have you said, screw editors? Um, well, I, I, have a, I have a couple friends who work in the industry, the, uh, who work in the industry as well. Uh, what was his name? Jim Campbell. Uh, he's a friend of my wife's, and uh, he's an uh, he he's a letterer for two. I think it's a letter for two thousand AD. Oh, nice! And um, he's been doing this forever too. And he's like, "Yeah, man, just send it over if you want." And I'm like, "That's very nice of him to do that." And I have my friend Christy Shin, who's all the way out in California, who uh, takes a look at my stuff once in a great while, you know. And and there's a couple of people who also help out, but usually before when I finish everything, I try and go through everything with a fine tooth comb. And I just finished relettering all of issue one just to be absolutely sure I got everything done because I did something wrong with the formatting. Okay. And uh, I decided instead of doing the lettering in Photoshop, I did it in Illustrator and it's so much better. So <laughs> I'm probably, well, yeah, so, so I'm probably going to have a little bit more success that way. So yeah, as far as I know, I'll be fine. Awesome. Awesome. So how about we kick things off? I normally ask every guest this, but where does your comic book journey begin as both a fan and creator? Wow. Oh my God. We're going, we're going, we're setting the way back. Oh yeah. Let's start. I off was, um, wow. I was, I, I used to live in New York city and I was born in Brooklyn and I was four years old when my father brought home two things for me for my, now, I don't know if it was my birthday. He just did it, you know, just to occupy my time. Yeah. Um, I was, he brought home a firestorm comic book from DC, a firestorm Shazam annual or something. I remember that. All right, cool. And um, he also brought home a super friends coloring book. Now, nah. now mind you, I'm four years old. Um, yeah. I take the piece of paper. I take a blank piece of paper and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm copying the characters on the comic book page. And I'm doing a more than reasonably accurate description of it. Like I'm just, I'm drawing it pretty much line for line. 
And for the Super Friends coloring book, not only did I color within the lines, but I also employed lighting and shading. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I think I really like this and I think I'm going to continue doing it. So when I was six, I started doing my own flipbook animations. I didn't, I learned how once and I was able to do that. Um, I drew my very first comic when I was 12 with Spider-Man and Amazing Friends. And, yeah, and uh, I learned independently throughout my entire life. I didn't, I didn't go to art school, but mm -hmm. I, I, I did everything I possibly could to uh, get to that point. Calling within the lines is important. Yes, it is. <laughs> it sure is, especially when you're doing it by computer, because <laughs> yes. then all the little white bits show up, and you're like, ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran into that problem more than twice <laughs> every page. That was that was dreamy, you know. So. Um, there's that, and uh, what did I do? Uh, I managed to get an internship at Marvel Comics when I was in my early 20s. And um, I was still going to school when I got a job at Marvel. Because mm -hmm. uh, one of the first jobs that I had at Marvel, I was working for the art corrections department. Wow. And that lasted for about a year on staff. And then the big crisis hit when Marvel started laying off everybody in the mid-90s. That was fun. Mm -hmm. That's a story in and of itself. Holy God, I was there when it happened. Oh, man. Shit. Oh, it was a bloodbath. It was it was the worst, too, because it's like it's like right after Christmas. I, I yeah. guess you could say they waited until after Christmas for that. I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. that's great. You know, you're nice guys. So anyway, it's like, it's like the middle of January, right? And uh, we're all at the, all the Marvel staff and a whole bunch of the freelancers. We're at the open bar. We're drinking. Yeah. We're scarfing down like the tons of shrimp cocktail that's there. You know, we're all boozed up. We're all full of food. Our bellies are nice and full with food. And all of a sudden, uh, one of the head editors or one of the head CEOs or something like that decides to lay down the plan for what Marvel is going to do. And we're all like, well, this is new. I thought this was just a celebration of how awesome we are. <laughs> Which in turn, we were not. Because at that time, Marvel was putting out 110 titles a month. Hmm. And that was not good because there were not enough good artists to fill in a lot of these books for hmm. out of the 110, 110 titles per month they were trying to churn out. Maybe 20 of them were halfway decent. And maybe five of them were really good. Four of them being yeah. X-Men, the other one being Spider-Man. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And they were absolute dreck. And everyone and so many people were like doing everything they could to like try and get together and like collect the number one issue of like the one of the worst comics that I've ever seen in my life, Nightwatch, which is the <laughs> uh, God. Uh, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> No, I, I, when I was working in the art correction department, I had to redraw an entire page in Nightwatch because it looked like someone just crapped it out. And it turns out that a lot of the editors that were there, a lot of the new editors that were there, were hiring their friends. And their friends were terrible. So it's, it's like, man, why'd you do that? It's, it's like, <laughs> but, but that, that's what happened, you know, because yeah. it's like there's so many titles and there's so many books. Mm. It's like, how the hell are you going to keep your watch on all of those things? It, it's it's yeah. hard to do after a while. Yeah, that time's straight. Really, especially if there's only one editor in chief, mm. and if a couple—I mean, if only one or two people underneath the editor in chief are lax in any way, or collaborating with some of these other edit, other idiot editors, then it's like mm. you know, it's going to come up the works at least half of it, if not more. Yeah. 
So they decided to go. Um, they decided to say they were going to take the 110 titles right. and bring it down to 50. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't think anybody put two and two together at that point. I did. <laughs> I did. Maybe a couple other people did. Uh, one of my friends looked at me and he's like, did I see, did I see what I thought I just saw? And I go, yeah, more than half the people in this building are going to be laid off within a couple of days. And yeah. guess what? More than half the people were laid off in a couple of days. Fuck. Wow. Like two thirds of the editor, the editors, mm. two thirds of the editors, especially a bunch of them that were there for like more than 20 years. Yeah. Gone. Fuck. Gone. Uh, there was maybe four people left in the bullpen. Gone. Uh, half the uh, recept half the administrative staff gone. Mm. Uh, Marvel had five floors at 387 Park Avenue South. We were down to two. Uh, the Ramita's Raiders, the Archivation Department, were moved upstairs. We had our own floor, but not anymore. We just we moved upstairs, and and a bunch of us got laid off. It was only a temp job to begin with, so I was there for maybe a, a year and a half. I mean, I was a little bit. I was there for maybe about a year and two months, and that was it. Mm. And uh, I became a freelancer after that. And I was a freelance anchor for about I don't know about a decade. I think I no lie. I think I worked on about maybe seventy or eighty titles over the time I was there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not as glamorous as anybody thinks it is. It, you mm. have to re well. You have to really, really love it because it's unforgiving. Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh God! I, I mean, you know. I, I mean, having to put something out, having to having the a deadline, even if it's an extended deadline. Even for, I mean, even for indie books that put out books not monthly, that that's mm. still a stress because it's like mm. you're more often than not you're working full. The person or the persons working on this book are working full time, and then it's just like you have to keep going and going and going and going, and it's just it's not easy, not easy at all. No. And and anybody who says that it's it's like oh this is this I can easily do this I'm like it's you better be sure because. The one thing that I learned, and thankfully it didn't happen to me because I knew better, yeah. um, do not miss a deadline. Do yes. not miss a deadline. You miss a deadline unless you have a very forgiving editor or a very good excuse mm. that they don't hire you back at least for a year. You have to prove yourself again if they allow you to do it. And a yeah. lot of the editors up there, they were a rather cantankerous bunch. They thought they were the, they still, after all that crap, thought they were the rulers of the earth. And it's just like, yeah, it's all right. I don't really care about you. I just want work from you. That's all. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's not entirely true for all the editors. There were a bunch of editors there that I really, really miss and I really love hmm. that I haven't seen in a very long time. And they've gone on for greener pastures and God bless them. But, hmm. you know, there was just, it wasn't easy. Especially in the mid to late 90s going into the 2000s, because we were just coming out of the doldrums right around that point. Yeah. You know, with the release of Marvel Knights and then 9-11 happened. And oh, then, yeah. Yeah. And then in 2004, uh, all, well, just about all the editors that I worked on, worked with, they all went to Greener Pastures. So I stopped for a while and then I got together over at DC Comics for a couple of years. I worked on Booster Gold and the Ray. And um, for the last seven years... I uh, I've been in, I've been on the independent circuit and I didn't want to ink anymore because it was boring. So I was just like, all right, 
let me start penciling. And uh, yeah, turns out I'm pretty good at it. I like to think I am. Awesome. I mean, I don't know. I think I am. I've been doing it consistently for seven years and I've been hired all the time. So yeah, I'd like to think I'm okay. Yeah, I, I think that proves that you are good at it. <laughs> you know? yeah, a little bit. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, have, I have a shot. I have a shot. Definitely. You know, and uh, uh, I only start, I only gathered the strength and the courage for me to uh, put together my own thing. Hmm. You know what? I don't even think it was because of like any fear or anything. I think I just wanted to be as prepared as I possibly could. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, I, I mean, I, I studied how to color in Photoshop and I've been, I've, I've done coloring in Photoshop for a while, especially with some prints that I had. Yeah. You know, the inking thing was obviously too easy. Uh, the penciling was a little rough in the beginning. I used my inks to finish it. Yeah. But now I don't really need to ink it anymore because, you know, uh, I mean, after you draw it a million times, and it does take a million times, kids, don't let it fool you. <laughs> yes. yes, it does. <laughs> don't don't think that it's like, wow, man, if Liefeld can do it, I can. And it's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, you know what? Rob Liefeld hit at the right place at the right time, the absolute right yeah. place, right time. Lightning struck mm. the the lottery ball numbers and they all came out the same time every day for like a year that that's how lucky he was. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause if you really take a base look at a lot of the stuff that he does, it's, it's not where it should be. You know, no. it's, but, but there's a flair, there's a dynamicism that very, very few comic book artists, myself included, mm have yet to emulate and he still has that super dynamic flair that brings that that's like more than half the appeal appeal for his work yeah so he's, he's always going to get work one way or the other regardless of how cantankerous or whatever he is we're all we're all bitches after a while I'm sorry. <laughs> we all are you know there's something we complain about i complained about something to uh, someone that i was working with and i was all butthurt over something and i was like well why didn't i do this he's not as good as me and i'm realizing i'm like oh my god i sound like a bitch oh my god i wanted to slap myself, I wanted to slap myself in the face I was like, what the frick is wrong with me? I was like, hey, shut up, shut up, wake up, you know? Like, but doesn't that describe yeah, everyone in the industry? Like, I can't believe I did that, you know? And then I, I corrected myself. I was like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be such a, you know, that. And he's like, dude, don't worry about it. I've worked with, I, I, it's someone I've worked with for about six or seven years. Yeah. Since I started in the indie circuit, I, one of the first assignments I've ever done was with him. And I've been working with him for seven years. <laughs> So it's like, he's like, you haven't said peep for like close to a decade. I'll let this slide. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but doesn't but that yeah, happen? Like where I am. And uh, it all cul culminated into uh, the book that I sent to you a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? I want to ask you, what'd you think? I, I haven't managed to read all of it. Cause obviously there was a lot to do okay. to prepare no, for this screen. Um, but I've read like the opening, like few pages and it's really captivating it really does capture you from page one and like Thank the, you. the, the art style is very unique. Like I don't look at your art style and think, Oh, this is like Jim Lee or anything like that. I'm there and I'm like, this is, this is your art style. And I'm sure that if I saw it on a different book, I'd be like, Oh, Hey, that's rich. Who's drawing that. And I think that's a really good thing. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> Thank you, man. I, that is the biggest compliment, dude. Really? Thank you. 
Wow. No problem, man. No problem. Because, I mean, like, it's part of the reason why we fall in love with certain artists, isn't it? Or we fall in love with certain books. I mean, like, if I see a Steve Dillon drawing, I know it's Steve Dillon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there are quite a few artists out there, and I hate to say this because, you know, I don't want to hate on no one here, but there are a few people out there who you see their artwork and you don't recognize it's theirs. You start thinking, oh, that's like so-and-so. That's like X, Y, and Z. And then before you know it, they're kind of like lost in the sea of artists out there, you know? Yeah, it, it's sad. I, I've seen when I was um, when I was freelancing at Marvel in like the late 90s, mm. uh, for some reason, they were still trying to capture the feeling of all the image artists. Yeah. You know? Like they wanted to um, it's like, hey, can you draw like Mark Silvestri? Can you draw like Jim Lee? And you had a bunch of people who were able to kind of emulate it, but they were, I think uh, those artists were stuck to maybe five different directions and poses or something. It's, it's like mm. they just photocopied everything and just slapped it together. And it's like, this looks cool because this female character has a back that bends at 45 degrees. That's great. <laughs> you know, just do that. And there was one issue of, um, I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was Alpha Flight or not, but right. it was definitely one in the late 90s. It's when they were still doing that super heavy cross-hatching thing. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. And, and the funny thing is, is that they're trying to teach me how to cross-hatch like that. And I'm like, this this doesn't work. No. It's, it's like, no, 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 no. You're doing the cross-hatching just for the sake of cross-hatching. There's no form. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it's just like, you know, a figure like this, and it's like line, 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 and it's like, what are you showing? You're showing a whole bunch of lines that don't belong there, or even if they do, you know, that there's different ways of of conveying that. Yeah, let let the artist do what he's good at. You know, don't don't force him to do something that he doesn't want to fucking do. Exactly, and and the one thing that that killed me more than anything else was there was an issue drawn by herb shrimp yeah i think it was for alpha flight i i am not sure now either either they asked him to draw like rob liefeld mm-hmm. or they had someone ink the way rob liefeld would ink him would ink over herb shrimp right and i looked i was like who I was like, who the f, f is this guy? It's just like <laughs> yeah. this Alpha Flight book is dog shit, and I'm looking at it, and I, I go to the front cover because I mean, every once in a while, I'd still get. Even though I was a freelancer, they would hand out comps, you know, like free comics yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I get this thing, and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading it, blah blah blah, and I'm like, this is just real crap. And then I look in the cover, and it's Herb Trimp, and I'm like, and and stupid me didn't know that it was like herb trip you know from incredible hulk first issue that wolverine showed up incredible yeah. Herb Trimp. Yeah, yeah and i was like oh my god are you kidding and it's just it's like it's like the work there looks horrible mm. whatever was done to his work was it was just mauled it was killed yeah and then i look back you know i i see some i actually had the gumption to see some original pages from that issue Holy God, it, it, night and day, night yeah, and day. Oh, God. Even if I'm correct, even the lettering was done on the boards. Oh, 
Oh, it, it's the simple things, man. It's it's like yeah. you see the lettering on the boards itself instead of paste up and mechanic uh, using paste up and mechanicals and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Or you know, now it's done in Illustrator, which I guess is okay. You know, it's nice, yeah. but you know, it doesn't have that same type of feeling. You know, it, like when you open up an old comic and you're like, <sighs> you know, it, yes. it's like. You know, it, it's it's like the smell of newsprint that's been sitting there for a couple of years, and it's just released, and you're like, oh, this needs to be a cologne. <laughs> I need to bathe in it for a week. Uh, yeah, uh, well, it's the truth. It's the truth when, when you have someone who loves stuff like that, you know, like me or like you or anybody in the audience right now. It's, it's like, ah, I know this has been around for a while, and I know there's something great about this thing. Even if the issue sucks, it's still around. <laughs> it, it, the comic itself is still around, and it's like, yes, it's a piece of it's a piece of the person's past, man. And it's it's yeah. like that's when a lot of comics were really, really good. I mean, there's still some good ones now, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you think about comics in general now? I mean, if we're talking, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if we just want to use the example of the big two. Yeah, big two, quote unquote. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm eh. I'm yeah, eh on it. yeah. I, I get what you mean, man. I mean, like as we were like rolling through the '90s, like that was like around the time like I was starting to pick up like Spawn and stuff like that, and I was slowly discovering like the Outlaw comics, like the Crow and Faust and stuff like that. And so, like, I was gravitating uh, away from Marvel and DC a little bit. And then like the early two thousands, I was starting to creep back into it. And I was like, this stuff's pretty good. It's all right. And then I just saw it slowly decline in quality to the point where I, you know, I haven't bought a, a, a Marvel or DC book, not a recent one anyway for fuck knows how many years and like yeah. i think the only one that was the exception to that was like immortal hulk because i'd heard so many people rant and rave about how good it was and i picked it up i started reading it i was so into it i was like yes marvel's back they're doing something good finally and then like yeah. around issue seven i was like uh-oh they, they just shit the bed fuck and that just seems to be the trend with marvel if they if they do put something out that captures your attention it's only good for so long and then all of a sudden it's like you got a couple of bad apples sat in the sat in the corner of your kitchen you know <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's not good i i mean i i've noticed that happens a lot of late with all forms of entertainment i've noticed yes. that yes like they have something that really really kicks that's really really good and then all of a sudden, it's almost like this thing gives birth to a litter of a hundred puppies, and now it's trying to feed whatever little popularity, whatever popularity it has that it can distribute to the million little puppies all over the place, and mm. see if they can throw something at the wall and make it stick. And mm. that's what I feel. That, that's what I feel. Disney's doing with the Mandalorian. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're launching like six or seven series, like right around the time when the Mandalorian's supposed to be out. And they're promoting, you know, the Boba Fett thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> You've got a good thing with the Mandalorian. Keep pushing that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, keep that going. You'll have that for, if you keep running it strong the way it is, you'll have that for a good 10 years, if not more. Oh, easily, easily. You know, and there's so many million things you could do with a story like that. Like all of a sudden, let's say Luke Skywalker, right around that time is when he breaks bad, when he's about to kill mm. his nephew or something, and he decides to corrupt Gorgo or whatever the hell the little thingy's name is, and Boba and uh, 
and Din Djarin has to go rescue him. Can you imagine him finding a shit ton of Jedi's to go after to save the kid? I mean that, and and they have Cara Dune and Apollo Creed. Yeah, Apollo Creed. That's awesome. <laughs> oh Apollo freaking Creed. Ah, he, the man's in his sixties and he kills people better than people half his age. He's Apollo Creed, man. He's like killing everything. I love it. And it's just, it's like, you could do so much more with that, but no, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on, you know, someone who should have been slowly digested over a thousand years, Aquaman's dad, you know, yeah. with uh, the, the, the chick from S.H.I.E.L.D. who kicks everybody's ass, even though she's a hundred pounds and she fights against, you know, very, very um, understanding and accepting stuntmen half twice their size it's just it's like no <laughs> like, I, i'm also finding like with, with shows like the mandalorian they seem to be the exception to like the modern entertainment that's coming out because yeah. a lot of the modern entertainment that's coming out it, it just seems so soulless and lifeless it's yeah, it's as if it like does. the producers and the directors and the writers and all that it's like they don't know what it's like to be hungry so everyone's going back to the days of old they're either re-watching the old shows and going oh my god i forgot how fucking cool this is yeah. or the, the the studios and stuff they're going let's reboot this old show let's start it up again and then they're confused when it fails because they're putting their their modern perspective into it and taking away the heart and soul of these stories that that's one thing that i hate one, one thing that i do not like um you know when a show is just way too correct and way too adjusting for for a certain type of audience that's mm. still clearly in the minority and there was something that there was an episode of Discovery that I was watching um, oh. for the third season. Now, the third show is, I have to admit, I watched it simply because it's Star Trek. I love Star Trek. I'm going to watch whatever the hell it is, even if it stinks. I mean, <laughs> the, the, worst, the worst episodes of Voyager are better than the whole season of Discovery. You know, forget it, but still. Um, there was an episode where... Um, where they go to Earth and they pick up like that androgynous teen. What what's her name? Adira or something like that? Yeah. No, no, I haven't seen it. It's all right. A lot of people aren't watching Discovery, and I don't blame you. But um I I watched it because again, I watched it because it was Star Trek to an extent. Yeah. I mean, the most the most interesting character on that show is Saru, far and away. But um they had a character named Adira. Now it turns out she's transgender. Okay, yay. Okay, cool. That what all right, that's, that's great. Yeah, you know, and it's like now the timeline that this is all supposed to be is like the 30th century. Okay, it, mm -hmm. I, it, it's reasonable to assume that there's a good chance that humanity may have about five or six genders at that point. You know, whatever the hell it's going to be, it does not yeah. matter. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. So uh, that this little 16 year old girl had to school the gay, the the the, the main engineer who's right. as gay as the day is long, is like, I'm not a she. I'm a they. And he's like, well, why? He's like, because I'm transgender. And I, I want to be, I want to make sure that people know that and accept me for who I am. And I'm like, fuck me, this is the 30th century. How is that not possible? <laughs> like, are you kidding? How many actual humans are still living on Earth if they didn't mm. A Kelpian or a Klingon or a Romulan or a Bajoran, you know, the, the, the most 
difficult looking alien <laughs> on the planet, you know, with the ridges on the nose and the earring. Mm. Wow, that's an alien. Holy shit. You know, but it's just, it's like, how many pure humans are left? And you're worried about someone misidentifying you in a plural sense. <laughs> I'm like, really? You know, it's, it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh. No, whether we, whether we like it or not, that's what kills me. Whether we like it or not, right? If an alien was to come down from the sky now, the very first one, all right, there's going to be a few people who are scared. There's going to be a few people who are like, oh, what does this mean? And there's always going to be that one guy at the back who's going to say, I don't care. I want to fuck it. Yeah. That would <laughs> that's, mean. that's just how it works. That's what I would do. If, it, if the alien was a hot chick, you know, with like five boobs and like, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's go. You're hot. Let's go, baby. I'm going to show you what this is all about. You're welcome to Earth. Uh, you know, like, not like Will Smith. I'm not going to punch the alien like Will Smith did. I'm going to be like, I'm going to bone the alien. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> We've got a question in the chat from Zachary who says, I've always had a dream of being published by Dark Horse. Although it, it's being rejected as a possibility, should someone even bother pitching an idea to publishers or just not bother and self-publish? Oh, that's I'm going to let you take the lead. Well, that, that's a good question. Um, it all depends on what you can do as far as the production of the comic book is concerned. Now, um, it took me as long as I did to produce my own thing because I chose to learn the other disciplines that go along with it. You know, I, I mean, I have a, I have a bachelor's degree in creative writing and dramatic literature. So yeah, I kind of, I have an idea on how to write. I'm not a great, great writer by any stretch of the imagination. Like I, I don't sit at a typewriter for 12 hours and that's it. Um, I learned how to color through a friend of mine who used to color some of the books that I worked on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, quite frankly, some YouTube videos, I learned how to letter from my wife's friend who works as letterer for 2000 AD, you know, and um, you learn as you go. Um, if you have friends or people that you work with that can do all of these things, that would be great. Um, if you decide to go for a third party publisher, the one thing I would suggest you do, excuse me, is pay strict attention to their guidelines and do not deviate from them. Do yes. not. Like if they say submit five pages of artwork, submit five pages of artwork. If they want to see one page of synopsis for what your comic is all about, that is all they need. Don't embellish. Don't go crazy. Don't say anything about yourself. Sell your product. Sell your comic. Sell your property. As, with as little words as possible, but each one has to have meaning and purpose behind it. The one thing that you want to do when you self-publish is you must believe in what you are doing. I wouldn't have yeah. done what I did if I didn't believe in it. That's really basically it. If I didn't believe in the incandesi, you know, the thing that I just, you know, that I'd made for a, a I made a commission for an, an Italian actress who's a close friend of mine, by the way, her name is Sofia Brocani. If it wasn't for this beautiful, wonderful, the wonderful actress who asked me for a commission one day, none of this would have ever happened. And um, if you don't believe in what you are doing, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't waste your time because all you're going to do is hate yourself. You're only going to get frustrated, and you're only going to you're only going to 
dislike what you have the ability to do even more, and then you give yeah. up on. I've seen it happen. It's the worst. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely, and I would actually say that self-publishing is that little bit harder than taking it to a publisher and getting them to accept you, accept your project. It is. It it is because it's um it is because the people that you're sending the project to know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Even if they have a little bit of bias yep. towards a certain style or towards a certain type of demographic, mm. yes, they have a good idea of what in, what is involved in it because they've worked in comics for quite some time. Yeah. You know, on a professional level. I know what it is like. I worked in I were I was a professional well, a pro comic book artist for about 13 years. I know what it entails. Yeah. And if I if I if I was at a submissions editor and I came across something that was haphazard and crappy, you know, like drawn with crayon or something stupid, then I'm like, yeah, this is garbage trash. But if if it's really, really polished and it has a really good idea, and if I have the time to look at it, that's another thing you have to worry about too, timing. Yeah. Um, if 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 everything felt exactly the way it went and I looked at it. And it was perfect. It was great. It had potential for a long-term series, if not a limited series, which is what they would start you with to begin with. You're not going to get an ongoing thing no matter what you do, no. unless you do it yourself. Yeah. But um, if, let's say, all that happens, you might get a call. Mm. You might get a call. And it has nothing to do with whether you're good or not. It doesn't have anything with your talent. It's just a matter of the timing thing. Yeah. If I were you, uh, if I were you, Zachary, I would research as much as you can about about publishing by yourself. And the one thing you want to do is ask a bunch of people who've done it. Yes. You know, people have far more experience in self-publishing than I do. Don't rely. I mean, don't ask me. Not that much because I really don't know. I mean, I, I know the steps behind it, but I, this is like my first shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I learned it long enough, but there are people who are younger than I am who've been doing it a lot more. So, I mean, I would try and find people like that and ask them. And believe it or not, in the indie circuit, there's a lot of people who are very, very generous with their advice. Yes. Very generous with advice. Damn straight. I second that motion, man. Yes, I mean, sir. Yes, sir. I, 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 you know, I've spoken to some pros and like you try to get advice out of them and some of them might be like, okay, here's a little bit, but it's, it's very rare. Whereas if you go to anyone in the indie scene and be like, oh man, you know, I'm having a problem with this. You could just go onto Twitter and be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm having a problem with my coloring. You'll get like 20, 50 people being like, let me take a look. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what you've done right. I'll tell you what you've done wrong and I'll tell you how to fix. And it's just fucking amazing. It is. It is. Uh, when, uh, when, um, I, I knew a lot of people who would go to a lot of like uh, some of the pros that were at Marvel and DC for quite some time. And even if their portfolios were sparkling and they were absolutely amazing, you know, a lot of the pencilers and a lot of the inkers would just completely rip it apart and call, call it pieces yeah. of shit and everything. And they would do that not to say that the work was actually bad, but they want to make yeah. sure that they break the spirit of anybody who's trying to take their, take their job. Yes. Because, a lot of pencilers that I do know of, and I'm not going to say na I'm not going to say names, but they really do know who they are. Mm. They're very limited in what they can do. They're very limited outside of anything. I mean, I, I worked with a couple of pencils who still have yet to touch Photoshop. Yeah, and I'm like, really? I started I started working on Photoshop when it first came out in '92, '93. Mm. Like, no, you got to make sure you do something smart. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. is it so that you can't just do one thing? If you think you're going to do one thing and it's going to last you forever, that's retarded. I mean, I know anchors who still do that. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Really? You're you're close to 60 years old and you're and, and like you're still doing that? What's wrong with you? It's, it's it's like no. He's like, well, I don't know, man. It's it's like penciling's a lot of work, and I'm like, all right, man, do what you got to do. Yeah. You're not going to sell your original art for $150 a page anymore. No one even remembers that yeah. fucking book. So it's just like. <laughs> and and let me tell you, Zach. Let me tell you, uh, a few years back, uh, I actually showed my work to an artist from Dark Horse. Right. And this was at a convention. We were both at the same convention. And uh, one of my friends was kind of like, go on, go show your artwork. I was like, well, I don't really want to. I feel quite confident in it. He's like, go do it anyway. I was like, yeah, fuck it. All right, then. So I went to them. I'm not going to say who they are, not for legal reasons, but because I can't actually remember their name. That's how impactful they were. <laughs> and <laughs> and they, sp they spent an hour going through my artwork. And like, I would have appreciated it if they had said, okay, look, this isn't good enough. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what you need to do to improve. Let me tell you what you need to do to focus on. But do you know what they did? They spent an hour going for my artwork going, that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit, all the way through, no explanation as to why. And they were like, you're never going to cut it, kid. And then two hours later, the person who's running the convention, which is also an award ceremony, comes up to me and goes, congratulations, you've won the Audience Choice Award. So it's very conflicting messages, but you know, you, you are going to get, unfortunately, you are going to get pros who are, who are going to see your work and they're going to think, this is my competition. I don't need to help them. I need to take them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because yeah. I, I mean, that it's been happening to me a couple of times and I had great reverence and respect for a lot of these people. Yeah. But you see, the pencilers that decided to rip whatever artwork I, I had or anything as far as like starting the pencil is concerned. I worked over them when I was an inker over at Marvel. Yeah. And um, I know how they pencil and I know how late they are all the time. And I know how much of how much of a diva bitch that a bunch of them really truly are, you know, and I know how that there's one penciler who I will not say because I just hate his name. <laughs> right, he, he looks like he, he's a short fellow. Right. He has to wear like the platform boots, you know, like the cowboy boots that have the heels like that. They're like yeah. maybe an inch away from fuck me pumps, you know, <laughs> because he, he barely hits five, six at that point. You know, he's and he looks like and he wears um, he's this close to wearing vampire shirts, you know, like with the ruffles, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the ruffled cuffs and everything, you know, and he and, and it, he looks like he looks like the last person who was rejected from being in a Janet Jackson dance video. <laughs> That's who he looks like. And he's ridiculously douchey. And anytime you see him on social media, it's like every anchor is fucked up my work. Ugh. <laughs> My, my genius it's, it's like this has happened to me for the past 20 years and i'm like no you suck you, you, <laughs> you miss deadlines you know you piss off editors you piss off other people you've actually he's actually taken inkers off books without telling them or telling the editor he's going to do it and really he's ah uh, man it sounds like a dude uh, i mean it's it, <laughs> 
I, I beat the crap out of him, but he's so tiny and he's so, you know, it, it's like he looks older than me. I'm 52 and he looks 10 years older than I am and he's in his early 40s. <laughs> I'm like, lay off, lay off the mess, dude. I mean, here, have some beef, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right we we need to get to the chat because i am shocked at how many people are coming in and joining and oh, it's I'm, absolutely i'm sorry awesome. I'm, I'm taking up so much time i apologize no, I got no, don't worry up. about it don't worry about it this is your moment but for this few moments it's going to be the chats <laughs> yes by all means by all means as long as you want I, i'm cool, i'm cool. just really excited to be here hello cool cool <laughs> man uh bristolian dave says i would love to work at one of the big companies writing comics but i'd want to write books my way and not their way so they'd fire me It depends on what you're writing. Ooh. It depends on what you're writing and how you're writing it. I mean, if, if what you're writing is an interesting take on a character that doesn't destroy the character's main principles or anything, you know, it's, it's like you, you put together the best story on the planet for Spider-Man. You know, mm. I mean, you, you can take all these things where it's like this, but if at any moment in your, in your life while you're writing for Spider-Man, he kills someone, they'll, they'll reject it. Yeah. You see, if you go for one of the big two um, and you do something that's going to be completely against their character and you continue, continuously insist on it, yeah, you'll get fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've also got Bree in the chat. Hello, Bree. How the devil are you? Hey, she says, um, Yeah, I'm doing great. And this gentleman here is doing great too because he's awesome. Oh, bless you and your cotton socks, good sir. We've also got Wally at Terrier Comics saying, Evening all. Evening, Wally. How the devil are that? Wally, what's up, man? How you doing? And Dave also says, The only big company I'd work for at the moment with the way they are all they all are is Boom. They seem to be trying to do what they can to make sales by making use of crowdfunding. They understand sales. How do you feel about that comment? Um... I have yet to work with Boom Studios. If I ever did, um, I would have to take a look at that. But if, if what you're, what that person, if what a uh, Bristolian Dave is saying is true, then that's wonderful for them because mm. I, it turns out that crowdfunding, like Kickstarter, Kickstarter is like the third largest publisher of comic books on the planet at this point. Yeah, it is. You know, it's right behind Marvel and DC because so many former pros or so many aspiring pros are turning to Kickstarter to launch their books, me included. So it's just, it's like, you know, that they're it, by, by crowdfunding and developing strategies for crowdfunding. That's fantastic. You know, and if the concept that anybody has is great, but it needs exposure and needs a little bit of help. If that's what happens with it, then more power to it. I mean, I want everybody to, I want everybody to, succeed as well as anybody is going to you know yes absolutely man period uh, yeah absolutely there's more than enough room at the table more than enough yeah definitely uh what he says herb trimps hulk is the best yeah it is it is i don't, I don't think there's any question <laughs> with well, that no question. none none he is steve ditko john ramita senior um they're spider-man they're spider-man they're, they're yeah. the artists for spider-man um jack kirby everything pretty much <laughs> he's the artist for everything um john byrne x-men 
for me. Uh, George Perez, uh, George Perez, Avengers or Teen Titans, you know, yes. I, I mean, yeah, George, George Perez, Avengers and Teen Titans. That's when he was his most powerful. Hell uh, yeah. I'd agree yeah, with that. And, Herb Trimp, and Herb Trimp, absolutely. That The Hulk was his. The Hulk was his. Yes. And he cemented himself by introducing Wolverine and, and putting up the look for Wolverine to begin with. And the mm. timeless yellow and blue costume. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. He made Wolverine. That's all there is to say. And I just want to say a good evening to Hans. How the devil art thou? Hello, Hans. Hi, what's up, man? How you doing? And we've also got Alejandro VS, who's going to be back on the show in a few weeks' time. Good evening, nice, good sir. Nice, man. Nice. Uh, yeah. what's, what's Alejandro working on? He's working on a book called Columns of Creation Down to Earth Volume 1. It's, it's, uh, I think there's a pre launch for it over on Indiegogo. I highly recommend checking it out, right? The, okay. the artwork yeah, looks um, sick. If you can't send, uh, all right. If you can send me the link, I'll definitely check it out. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, Bristolian Dave also says Donny Cates is one of the best things in Marvel at the moment. I don't like the bloke, but he can write really well. Good. I, I, I'm for, I, I don't have not seen anything of Marvel of late. I mean, the only thing that I've heard of Marvel was the relaunch of the X-Men titles. Yeah. You know, X this, X that, X of Swords, X of Shields, X of Jesus, whatever the fuck. I don't know. We're just like... Eh. <laughs> uh. And uh, Ginge Gingerton says, I've enjoyed WandaVision quite a bit. Haven't seen the latest episode. No spoilers, please. Have you been watching uh, WandaVision? Yeah. <laughs> okay I, i've been watching it i won't spoil anything because i did see the the latest episode earlier so um, the latest today. episode so did I, just before i got on this podcast i'm like <laughs> right so we can't talk about episode five but how do you feel about the show so far like episodes one to four at least well um i have a theory on that now remember if you remember the storyline where wanda had something similar happen to her in the comics you know, mm -hmm. it's, yep. you know, where she started going insane and all that. And this is when all the superheroes in Marvel were, were figuring out what are we going to do with her? Because she's going to destroy the multiverse. It's like, oh, we got to kill her. You know, so it, so they figure everything out and um, they finally get to stopping her. And at the last possible moment, she says no more mutants. Yes. Yeah. Remember that? Where it's like yes. the, she canceled 98 percent of the mutant population. And somehow all the all the X-Men were still there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the mutants on the planet are gone except for, you know, the all the X-Men that are still there. And it's just like, well, no, I'm sorry, Forge lost his power. Oops. I can't build things anymore without reading instructions. You know, it's just like, that's it. You know, and um, I think that what's happening with Wanda in the series, that it's going that same pattern, I think that that's how sh they will introduce mutants in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I because with that. it's it's like the Mind Stone, the power of the Mind Stone that she inherited has been growing exponentially and has manifested itself in different ways of expressions of power. Yeah. And the Mind Stone, I can only assume, might affect... It, it does affect everybody differently because, you know, I mean, you know, Wanda got all like the telekinesis and the telepathy and, and you know, <laughs> probability field stuff and all that, and Quicksilver ran fast. Yeah. You know, Quicksilver ran really, really quick and he was he had a high super high metabolism that he can move at great speeds. That means it's a, it affects everybody. That means yeah. that if it's right down to the core genetic structure, 
And all of a sudden, whatever power that Wanda has or something like that explodes across the planet and gets mm. into the DNA of people, there are your mutants. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think this is something that they've probably had planned since the acquisition of 20th Century Fox. They thought, right, now that we've got Fantastic Four, I mean, they've already announced they're working on a Fantastic Four movie for the MCU. Great. Uh, to me, if you listen closely to like some of the dialogue, like in episode three, four, there's little drops of like, oh, how's the astronaut program going on it's like don't tell me that's not fantastic four that's gonna be fantastic four somehow some way right um but in general i gotta admit the first three episodes of wandavision i absolutely hated i did not like whatsoever i just couldn't get into it I, I, I was like, you know what? I'd rather go watch Twin Peaks because this feels like <laughs> a, a cheap version of David Lynch trying to do a Marvel show, right? Uh, it, it took a thousand years to find out who killed Laura Palmer. <laughs> yeah. who, who killed Laura Palmer? Well, that, that shit's usually done in an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> Get Jerry Briscoe and Benjamin Bratt. They'll figure that shit out. Or Christopher Maloney. <laughs> you know, get Stabler and friggin' uh, get that Stabler and Benson, and that thing will be done in like twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> I mean, Christ, yeah, it, it's like two years of that. Ugh. God, it's like who shot Jr. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember that shit. Now the fourth oh. episode, I of WandaVision, I watched that because like, even though I didn't like the first three, I was like, I'm going to hang in there because I know as well as anyone else, shit can change on a, on the spin of a dime like that. So I watched the fourth episode and I was like, I'm this far away from saying, fuck this. I I don't want to go any further. I'll give it the fifth episode. And if that doesn't impress me much, I'm just not going to bother with the rest of the show. Then I watched the fifth episode and I was like, I'm not hugely impressed but I'm impressed enough that I want to keep going. I'm now at the point of no return where it's like, I, I can't turn back now. Whether I love or hate this show, <laughs> I've got to keep going till the very last episode. I agree. No, no, you're right. I, I started falling in love with it on the fourth episode hmm. because that opening for the fourth episode was really sick. Really yeah. sick. When Monica Rambeau was reconstituting, when, when yeah. she was reconstituting, and yeah, then the opening was awesome. panic of like, hey, where the hell have we been for the past five years? You know, yeah. it, it's like that. That's one thing that I wish they delved into a little bit more. You know, the, the psychology of like, you know, watching someone you love disappear, yes, and then reappear after five years, and then mm. the person who reappeared after five years, you know, for all they knew, it was like maybe twenty minutes, and then they're back. Yeah. And their whole lives are changed. I mean, it's like one of the doctors, one of the fleeting scenes in there is like the doctor's like, I got to call my wife. And I'm like, chances are the wife is banging your brother at this point, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) them's the breaks, you know, you've been gone for half a decade, you know, shit like that. It's just, it's like, I mean, the the stories out of that, I mean, that, that planet, planet earth at that point was really well adjusted after like the return of every single person that died. Yeah, like they cover it for like a few seconds at the beginning of Spider-Man Far From Home. And it's like, that's not enough. We need a whole movie of this. No, it wasn't. And it was done with a lighthearted slapstick where it's like they're playing like the marching band. And then the rest of the marching band shows up and it's like, oh, we just crashed into each other. Mm. Wow. Holy crap. Oh, when everybody's back. I mean, you can only imagine like the incredible amount of 
tears of joy and sorrow and happiness and regret, you know, yeah. from just about every single fucking person on the goddamn planet, you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I had my wife in my arms and she just dissolved, you know, there, I'd be, I'd be insane. Mm. And then she shows up five years later. Oh, hello. Could you make me a, a glass of orange juice? And like, <laughs> what? Where have you been? Ah! <laughs> you know, I'd be a basket case. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, come on, yeah. man. Absolutely. And I want to see one of the Marvel heroes go through that, either a hero that we've already had introduced or one that we haven't. I mean, we haven't seen the Sentry yet. And no, that would be no, a really no. cool character to have have that happen to. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's the the the, the 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 stories that can be told from that can, can make up like a five season a five series show immediately. Uh, it just just yeah. just that and the you know like, like set up a show where it's just it's like they have people who help find others who are gone. Mm -hmm and all that stuff like that and then the emotional trauma of like all the positive and negative aspects of what can happen after yes. they find out you know it, it, it's a, it's like the sto stories like that would be very gripping for quite some time yeah but but it's it's like oh we're back yay mm. oh all right that's cool okay everyone's back Let, let's go do yeah, stuff. all right let's get some pizza <laughs> we have jake in the chat good evening jake Hello, he says, little did they know, Lady Satan has passed 100%, but not officially. So we're going to interrupt this broadcast because I'm going to bring up the campaigns again. Uh, first of all, before I check mine, I just want to remind everyone, Rich has a campaign on Kickstarter for his new book, The Incantessi. You can find a link to it pinned at the top of the chat, and you can also find a link to it in the description box down below with links to Rich's social media accounts. So you, you're going to want to go follow him. Right, let's let's take a wee look at the let's keep them fingers crossed. All fifty-one backers, one percent away. <laughs> Nine pounds. How much time do you have? Uh eleven hours. You'll make it. I think I'm going to make it somehow, make it. some way, especially as like I've got another stream to do a little bit later on on uh Red Valkyrie's channel. So if I don't make it by then, I'm sure that one's gonna help me push over the edge of the crowd I, so. I, I really hope you do make it i mean you're you're so damn close i know uh, man it's, it's painful i can feel it i can feel it in oh, my bones. yeah yeah i mean i i shouldn't bitch at all i shouldn't complain in the slightest i mean I, i'm i i have a, i have a relatively low goal but I'm like, I got, I, I'm almost there and it's like five days and I'm like, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to complain about a damn thing because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna look at the, you know, like I'm complaining. So like, it's been absolutely excellent watching your campaign grow. Like I was watching the stream you're on with pops where you launched the campaign and just seeing how many pop. people backed it just so quickly. And it was like, fuck, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it, it's, it's not without the help of everybody that believe in me. Mm. It's not without the help of everybody who believe in me. I wouldn't be anywhere near where I would be without the help of like the people that have helped me. Pops has been fantastic. Phil Leone, yeah. you know, yes. I've known him for a few years. He's great. Um, a bunch of the people that I've worked with over the years mm. have backed me up. I mean, um, uh, Sophia, the, the person, the, 
the person that I base the Incantessi off of because it's her likeness. Um, yeah. Because of her, I have about, I mean, I, I, if, if it wasn't for her, I'd only have like maybe 275 people following the Incantessi page. But because of her, it's like 700. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's like she's she constantly spreads the word about every single post that I do. You know, anything that has to do with the comic, you know, graphic novel, she just talks about it whenever she gets a chance. Excellent. You know, I have I have a great support staff. I, I really do. And I, I have my wife who has who who is the first person who ever believed in me to go this level. Without her, yeah. I would not be able to do this. Would not, because she's just she's the best. That that's she's awesome, the man. Person I've ever known, and she supports me in every way. And I'm, I'm still blown away by how amazing she is. Truly, that's awesome, man. Because there's plenty yeah, of creators out man. there. There's plenty of creators out there who are hugely talented, but they don't have that same sort of support group. And inside, they're just like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I'm ready. And it's like, do it pull regardless. The fucking trigger. To do it. Do it regardless. Fuck anybody else. Pardon my language. Fuck anybody else who doesn't believe in you. Yes. Uh, no one believed in me. No person fucking believed in me throughout my entire life until my wife. Yeah. My wife now. You know, it's just like no one believed in me in my life, except for the people that I've worked with. No one, no family member, no friend, no cousin, no girlfriend or anything. You know, no, no one, no, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one. Truth to power. And even when I got the job, I mean, my first professional art job was Marvel Comics. And when I got that job, no one gave a shit. I'm like, fine, I don't really need you. I'm still doing this. And I did it. And I keep doing it. And I keep doing it. If there's anybody out there who doubts themselves because they don't have any support staff, fuck them. Who cares? Who cares? You will inspire people as you go along. Yes. Love that attitude, man. Love that it's attitude. True. It's the only thing you can do. It really is the yeah. only thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Be sorry. Like, like when I started doing this about 10 years ago, I literally had no one but me like i had my friends but it's amazing how quickly you start seeing people's true colors and some of your friends you're like you're not really friends you're just people who want to jump on the bandwagon just in case you fucking make it kind of thing so you yeah. gotta be you gotta be yeah. prepared to suck it up pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get them middle fingers ready these are the most powerful weapons you will ever have in your career making comics that's right that's the absolute truth you you find you you will find people are with you and only your friend because of what you can do. Yeah, that's one thing you will. That's one thing you will find out. Hmm. Has anybody name dropped you yet? No, I can't say they have. Okay. No, <laughs> not, I mean, not yet. But give it time. <laughs> no, no, no. Give give it time. Give it time. When when you hit with this, when this goes through, and you hit, give it some time. You will find yeah. that there will be people in your life that you've known for a long ass time. Who are who you who you realize were only your friends because of what you can do and not because of who you are. Yeah. And that goes for everybody out there, whatever the hell it is. You will find out very quickly who your true friends are. Yes. Very quickly. Even who your girlfriends or boyfriends are. You will find yes. that out quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Uh, but the best, but the best thing to this is, yeah, you're gonna find out who are your true friends and stuff. You're gonna lose some friends because they weren't really friends in the first place. But along the way, you are gonna start making some real friends, and they are gonna be the greatest people you will ever fucking make 
Like yep. you will you will love them dearly because of how awesome they are. Never let them go. Always right. appreciate them and show them that appreciation. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you have a friend like that. I have a friend like that. He was the best man at my wedding. Best man at awesome. my wedding. He's my best, best friend. I love him. Uh, him and his wife. Oh, I, I love them like they are my own flesh. Yeah. Truth. But what's this yeah. one? Max is saying oh, Max being Kimmer. a soul is being a soul hogless corporation is always the way to win. I've always respected any comics that take it as an art form and not a way as a corporation to make money. Yes, yes, do that. If you're going to go into comics to make money, don't expect it immediately. Yeah. If you stick at it and it works, it'll come to you. Yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, so something that makes you a, a strong, strong living, you have to be an established pro for at least a decade or longer or lightning in the bottle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because because this ain't a game of like get rich quick. This is a long term thing. You're either in it for the long haul or you're not. Yep. And I, I know I, I'm sure you do. Um, we both know people who think that they're going to make a they're, they're going to like destroy Marvel and DC. That's yeah. the thing that they should never do. Never say you're going to destroy Marvel and DC. They are a multi-billion dollar conglomerate with their lowest lawyer earning more than you will ever make in your entire life. Don't, don't bother. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bristolian uh, Dave, please. Well, yeah, Bristolian Dave, he says, it's gone so far that they now have sensitivity checkers to read through stuff before they make it. It's destroying all art forms. How how do you feel about that? Because I've got a few words to say on it, but I'll let you go first. Censorship? Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of it because what's happening is is that, it, well, it's, it's like what I was saying before about the transgender person. Yeah. You know, the transgender character. You know, it's, it's like, hey, let's, let's cram this social justice warrior stuff, like, right down your face. Now, I have... It sounds like it's cliche, and I'm sure you feel the same way that there. I have zero issue with anybody who is either transgender, gay, any other race, creed, you know, ethnicity. I do not. It, it's not so much that I don't care. It's just that it doesn't bother me at all as a person, as a human being. If you don't look like me, if you yeah. don't pray like me, if you don't smell like me, if you don't love the same type of gender that I do, I do not care as long as you live your life as a beautiful human being who spreads love and joy and brilliance to everybody else, it does not matter what you are. What mm. I don't like is mm. when I'm told that I am a piece of shit or I am wrong because I'm not bowing to that type of thing immediately. Because yes. it's it's like with, with transgender people, again, I have zero issue with that. Yeah. But when you have someone looking you in the eye and screaming at you because you don't know the 81 pronouns that go with it, hmm. I'm like, I just learned this yesterday. It's it's like I'm, I learned Russian backwards and you want me to do this now? I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're yelled at on a constant basis or feel like you're always that you always have to, like, capitulate to someone else. I got into a fight with someone who who decided to have her friends tell me to go fuck myself because I don't like Boba Fett. <laughs> That's the hill they decide to die on. Well, this is, well, here's the thing. I, I, I threw a truth bomb to them yeah. because this, this is the funniest thing. Now, if you saw that last episode of Mandalorian, when he takes over Jabba the Hutt's palace after killing uh, Bib Fortuna, fat bastard with the thing growing out of his mm. face, 
You know, it's it's like he shoots him. He's like, I don't know. Toba, boom, dead. All right, good. I'm going to take the throne. So he goes over there. He takes the throne. You know, he's the male, the older masculine male, and he has his submission, his submissive Asian companion that stands by him nice and sexy, even though that she's supposed to be a hit woman of a, a hit person, a person who does hits. Yeah. Of like the highest caliber and is of great strength and independence already. But now she's on the side of the throne to the man. And when I drop that truth bomb to them, yeah. And I'm like, doesn't that offend you that the woman is now in second place? And they're <laughs> like, fuck you, you bastard Trump fuck thick ass. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. You know, and it's like, fuck you. How does that sound? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, I got to go. See ya. Bye. You know, it's just, it's like, it, it's it's like, if you, if you took a movie like Blazing Saddles and you put it in today's theaters, people mm -hmm. would either run out screaming, crying, or like burn the theater down because it used the N-word in a humorous context a few times. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, they, they don't remember the part where, you know, Sheriff Bart is outside the prison looking in at the white guy who's in prison. Yeah. And when he asks him, are we black? And, you know, you know, Cleavon Little's character, Sheriff Bart looks at him and he goes, yeah, we are. Which yeah. shows that it's like, this is a man who's clearly in charge. Yeah. Clearly in charge of the whole damn thing. And this is yeah. like early 70s and he's black. You know, pe people don't look at the deeper meaning behind a lot of no. things and don't look at the realistic world of it. Yeah. And I don't I don't blame a lot of people who are older than me who, who are feeling like they can't say Merry Christmas to someone. Hmm. Because you have a whole bunch of like some of these young kids who. Their hearts are in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, there are. But yeah. You can't expect someone who's been saying Merry Christmas their entire life. Yes. And then say, no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong way. Has to be happy holidays. You know, we have to be gender neutral or religious neutral. And I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't care that, you know, a bunch of Muslims don't eat pork. I, mm. it, it's like people take themselves too damn seriously. They do. Yes. And it, it, that's the worst part about it. Yeah. You've seen absolutely. this. I'm certain you've seen it. I mean, do you have a story about that? I'm certain you do. Oh, I've got fucking tons. <laughs> oh, God, I want to hear one. I want to hear one because I'm, I'm tired of hearing my voice because I'm, I'm starting to bore myself to death. <laughs> well, look, you know, like, like you, I, I don't give a shit who some, like, I don't give a shit if someone's gay, straight, up, down, yeah. left, right, this, that, and the other. Look, I, I've got an aunt who is gay. And she came out as gay during a time where being gay was illegal and people were arrested for being gay. Right. I, ha I have a sister-in-law who's black. I have friends who are gay, straight, lesbian, bi, trans, Muslim. You fucking name it. I know someone who fits into one of those categories. And you know what? The best one, the best one was uh, a guy I used to know who's Mexican. Right. 
and we we were talking about like how people are offended by words and he he you know he asked me like are you offended by any words i was like well i don't like the word banister i think it's a disgusting sounding word but i'm not going to stop you from saying it because at <laughs> the end of the day a word yeah. is only as powerful as you allow it to be okay yeah, exactly. exactly and he turned around and he said, let me tell you something. I've been working in McDonald's for a few years. And he said, I've had people call me spick and God knows what else. And he said, I find none of that offensive. What I find offensive is when someone who doesn't know me sees me, looks at the color of my skin, decides I'm oppressed and starts getting offended on my behalf, even though I'm not offended. He said, that's the most offensive thing anyone can ever do and well, i just because that person doesn't live in that other person's shoes yeah absolutely absolutely uh, like i i also uh, knew this one guy like uh, he he got kicked out of his uh, house one time and he he was uh, at, he didn't have anywhere to live for about 6 months and i was like dude i've got a couch it's not the best in the world but it's something to sleep on you know come stay with me that's better than you trying to find a place on the streets right exactly. and and you know this this guy's a uh, dark skinned and he works at a at a bar right he's been working there for years and he's about or oh, what about 4 years younger than i am bear in mind i'm going to be turning 39 in march so he yeah he's about mid 30s he's been working in this bar for a long time and he said that's the first time he came home from a from a shift he said that's the first time anyone's ever called me the n-word and i was like how did you react to it because he was trying to like get these these girls out and they wouldn't leave it was closing time and he had to get like the security staff involved and she called him the n-word and everything and he was like tonight's the first time i've ever been called the n-word in like my 34 35 years existence i was like how did it feel he went it was really funny <laughs> <laughs> he was like it's the funniest thing in the world trying to hear someone say that and they say it with such passion and aggression you're like you're only saying that because you don't like the fact that i'm kicking it's not because you're racist it's because yeah. you want to hurt me because i'm not letting you have your own way so yeah, you've looked at the color of my skin and said i know what'll upset him oh yeah and and now it's just like my god it's it's fucking day and night like when i first started out like i was working on a book called jericho right this okay. book had had a lot of gallows humor in it there was there was a lot of very dark humor in it uh -huh. I, didn't really, I didn't really get many complaints okay that the first complaint i got was on live radio for uh radio solon where I was being interviewed about the book and the guy who was doing the interview was like, Oh, what? This doesn't sound like a book for kids. And I was like, no, it's not. It's a book for adults. You know, there's some violence, there's some bad language. And he was like, Oh, bad language. No, that's not acceptable. And he fucking ranted, he ranted at me for five minutes. How can you expect kids to read this when it's got bad? I was like, it's not for kids. What part are you not getting? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it got yeah. to, it got to the point where he finally took a breath, and I was like, "You've just spent five minutes telling me that the bad guy in the book is not allowed to say fuck, but it's okay <laughs> that a part of the lead character's backstory is they were molested by their dad." Nice to see where your fucking priorities are. You know, <laughs> why is this one really bad? This That's one's okay. Whereas oh now, Lady Satan. Oh my God, almost every day I get a complaint or I get a death threat, right? I've been, I've been told by one side I'm a misogynistic pig and that I should kill myself because she looks sexy. 
Oh no, what a fucking shit. A woman looking sexy. <gasps> How could I? You know, and then on the other side, I get people tell me that I'm going to hell. And I'm like, you're looking at a book called Lady Satan, written by a guy called Lucifer Storm. I don't think you really understand that I don't fucking care. Like, I. <laughs> I oh, want to go funny. to hell. That is funny. I, Holy I want, shit. Right? I want to go to hell, right? But yeah, three, yeah, why not? Better to rule in hell and serve in fucking heaven. Fuck that shit. For exactly. three reasons. For three reasons. One, I'll always have a light. I will never run out of a light. <laughs> nice. Two, nice. in heaven, they'll probably play, play like Westlife and stuff like that. In hell, oh. I know I'm getting good music. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Plus, in hell, in hell, I'll finally be able to see Bill Hicks open up for Jimi Hendrix. Yes, holy shit. Oh my god, that's right. Oh my god. Ah! Sold. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Here I am saying, oh my god, that's funny. Oh man, that, 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 that's correct. That is absolutely correct. The best comedians are not in heaven. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Unless, unless you believe in Kirk Cameron when he dies. It's just, it's like, no. No, no, it's it's like, uh, yeah, that 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 uh, really, really religion is just no, no, <laughs> no, no. That what when you when you when you listen to a pastor who has ripped jeans and sandals on telling you that God will heal your child's pancreatic cancer and you mm. try and pray it away, and the kid dies on you. Yeah. In agonizing pain for like a month, then yeah, you're really fucked in the head, and you need to be put in jail or put to sleep, <laughs> or, or to be, at the very least to be sterilized because no more of you should reproduce ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Speaking of sleep, Wally says I watch Star Trek Discovery. It helps put me to sleep. It's boring. It's boring. It, a lot of it is boring. I mean, again, I, don't, I mean, I only watch it because it is Star Trek. And there are maybe one or two interesting characters there, but you know the whole thing is fucking Michael Burnham. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, she's well. Where have I heard this before? Uh, diverse female space Jesus. That that that's exactly what the fuck she is. That's it. <laughs> that's all she is. It's it's like this is a chick who you know. I mean, you you could put her like let's say Tony Stark had a uh, had his um nanotech armor. And there was this, and, and it's like, he was running it and everything, and he knows exactly how it's designed and all that shit. You drop Michael Burnham into the Avengers universe and everything, she will find a flaw in the nanotech armor in like five minutes, you know, while, while giving a hand job to Book, whatever the fuck his name is. And then all of a sudden, it's like the, the, the nanotech armor becomes sentient. And it's like the best armor that ever existed in the world, and she's the bestest ever. And then the armor goes to her, and she becomes Iron Woman, and then rules the Earth because she's just that awesome. And I'm like, you suck. You and, and she beats up people twice her size, and twice her weight. I mean, she how many times she almost killed Book, whatever his name is, and he's like, he's like, fucking Will Chamberlain, and she's like. You know, leader of the Munchkin land, and she's like breaking his nose at every turn that she has. Stop! <laughs> Stop already! Ah! And 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 ah! Uh, enough! <laughs> oh my God! 
She has never faced the crisis that has that she has ever truly fucked up or taken responsibility for. Hmm. She started the god. She started the goddamn Klingon war. But no, I don't feel bad about it because I was justified in my actions. Fuck you. You know how many million Terrans have died because yeah. of you, bitch? Honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. No, no. The, the Picard, when, when Picard was captain, he made a ton of mistakes. Yeah. And he was wise. And, and Data was more human than most of the humans on that bloody show. Yes. All right, and and Worf, Worf was the best Star Trek character, really, really high up there next to Kirk, because mm. the evolution of Worf as a character from the next generation as like a security guy to like first commander on Deep Space Nine to like a an occasional captain for the Defiant, you know, to everything else that he's done throughout his life, an ambassador to the Klingon Empire. You know, he beat Gowron, and he was emperor of the whole fucking Klingon Empire for like a minute, and then he gave it to Gowron. All right, that character is like one of the best, best characters out of all of Star Trek, and now with Star Trek Discovery, you have this young lady here who has, who everything that has ever good happened in the Federation is because of her. <laughs> that just sounds so fucking weak. It's the weakest thing I've ever seen in my life. And and she starts off as a Vulcan. She's really right. emotional. So she, so now that she's like hyper emotional and everything, can you call her schizophrenic? Because she goes from completely stoic to really hysterical in less than a minute. It's just like, honey, it, it, here, it, 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 take a toke. Have some weed. So in other words, they, they've given her bipolar. She looks bipolar now. It's just, it's like, I mean, she's like screaming in happiness and joy and orgasm all over the fucking place. And before, when she shows up on Discovery for the first time with Captain Lorca, it's just Lorca. What the fuck name is that? And it's like, it's like, I estimate that we will arrive at Vulcan in approximately two days, three hours, 42 minutes, and 56, 55, 54 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> they're, they're, people make fun of people like you are made fun of when you're kids. You know, we take your lunch money for a reason. <laughs> it's, it's like, you're dead. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and forget about the rest of the cast. You know, I mean, it's it's like they um it's it's like they completely rip apart every single male character, and the only male character mm. who probably isn't even a male is Saru. Yeah, you know all the other male characters are like super secondary. It's like they they're really they're weak. They're they're skinny. Mm. You know that there's no meat on them except book. You know, but mm. he's not on the fucking ship, so it's like that doesn't count. You know, I mean, all the guys there are really like second fiddle to the women there. And the women are the most confident, destructive things on the earth. You know, even when the men were in charge of the shows and they were all over the place, there were still episodes where they screw up. Yeah. Where they lose it, you know, again, like I, like we said before, I mean, you know, I mean, there's countless instances of 
a lot of actors back in the 80s and a lot of characters in the 80s, 90s, even in the 2000s and everything who screwed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and they faced it. I mean, what was it? Um, on Star Trek Enterprise with uh, T'Pol. Hmm. Towards the end of the run, she was a drug addict. Yeah. yeah a exactly. fucking drug addict. You know, supremely logical. I could take care of everything. I have full control over my body. But no, I'm snorting. You know, just... <laughs> You know, I, it, it's like, come on. No, no I, I've had it with her character. I, I'm sure the actor is a sweet, lovely, lovely human being. And she looks like it, yeah. too. Yeah. But the, her character is and dog shit. <laughs> like, Sorry. There's there's this great Rutger Hauer movie from the 80s called Blind Fury, where he plays like oh. a blind samurai, right? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, they do so many scenes where it's like, wow, he is fucking impressive because he can't see, but he is cutting up people left, right and center. But I love the fact that during the climax, there's a moment where someone throws him his sword and he doesn't catch it. He thinks he has and it just flies straight past the back behind him. And it's like, that's what we need in characters. Flaws. They help. It makes them more real and relatable. When I see a character who's like, yeah, I'm fucking great at everything. It's like, well, you're not a fucking human. You're a robot. And I'm not watching exactly. this to watch a robot unless it's something like Star Trek or some science fiction show. But even then, robots are meant to be fucking flawed. Yeah, exactly. It's um, case in point. Who, who's a great character? Um, um, Sarah Connor. Yes. Sarah Connor. Um, uh, when we first see her in the first Terminator movie, she's on her scooter. She looks all fluffy and pink. She has her hair tussled in only in the way the 80s girls used to do. Yeah. You know, with all the chlorofluorocarbons uh, killing the ozone layer, yep. you know, but it's nice and permed and everything. And she's going to her shit waitress job where everybody hates her, you know. And by the end of the movie, she's crushing a walking sentient death machine between a fucking hydro compactor by herself. And she's like, you're terminated, fucker. And then in Terminator 2, she is truly a real incredible badass because she wasn't born into that. She built yeah. herself to that after realizing what happened, what will happen to everyone if she does not. Yeah. And, and she takes care of businesses. Ellen Ripley, the same damn thing. She's all she is in the beginning of the first alien movie is just an average crewman who's a little smarter yeah. than most. But yeah. she's just an average crewman, and she happens to be the one person who kicks the alien out of the goddamn airlock, yes. and then and then takes on the queen by herself, which I think is still one of the best cinematic fights against aliens in history. When she puts on that thing and it walks forward, and she's like, "Get away from her, you bitch!" And I'm like, <laughs> ah, "Yes, yes!" And she's like, "Boom, boom, motherfucker!" Bah, bah. And the alien's like, "Ah." And it's like uh, the aliens, like all bitchy, crying. You know, it's awesome shit, man. Ah, that's the kind of character that I want because she's she is flawed. She starts off as something and she builds to something. Yes, she. You know, my Michael right Burnham did not character. build to anything. She was raised in a Vulcan household, and uh oh, she had to study a little bit more. Uh oh. <laughs> wow. When it, when it, was there ever a time where we all had to study a little bit harder than the other kids? <laughs> Come on. It, it's you're right. I, I mean the way TV and the way movies are, 
they that they more cater to audiences. That's what killed Justice League. That's yeah, what yeah. killed Batman. That that's what killed Batman v Superman because, yep. you know, when they took the three hour version and cut it down to two hours, the movie sucked. When hmm. I saw the ultimate version, it made so much more sense and it was so damn good. And it hmm. and the, the death of the impact of the death of Superman in that movie was much more powerful. Hmm. You know, Definitely. because the, the fight scene in the ultimate version was extended by a good ten minutes, and it's like he can't yeah. like he's doing everything he can. He can't beat this guy. Yeah. You know, it's it's like and then Superman sacrificed himself. You know, he didn't have to do that. You know, but he did. And it's it's like those are the types of here. And, and you know, of course, there's Batman, who's just human, yeah. but he still fights <laughs> against a godlike being. You know, those are the types of characters that I love. Wonder Woman, who is a goddess herself, but will not stop. Will not stop. Yeah. Until everyone is saved, or as, as saved as many people as she can. She is a hero. And she had to fight against others to, in order to get to that point. Yeah. Michael Burnham has never had to do that. And there's so many characters these days who don't have to do that. Yes, absolutely. And it sucks. It sucks ass. Like, a true it's, hero it's, it's is doing, flawed. It's doing a social justice agenda. And, and that, that's, what, that's why people react the way that they do now. Because yeah. it's being rammed down the throats of everybody. I mean, when Marvel changed all their characters. Now, Sam Wilson... I think would make a just as good a Captain America as Steve Rogers because he has yeah. to work harder at it to do it. And mm. and with Jane Foster as Thor, at the end of that whole arc, she gave up her she gave up her extra time of life mm. to sacrifice herself and save Asgard and save the Valkyries and save pretty much the universe, knowing that being Thor advances her stage four cancer and she has less time to live and she dies a hero yeah that's amazing yeah that's the shit that i love to see and i hope they do that with love and thunder because if they do that it's going to be better than ragnarok and it's just it's like oh it, it, there's no struggle anymore none yeah, yeah. None. Okay. everything is solved in a shot and everything is and, and, and everybody is just brilliant foul mouth and you know some sort of thing other than a male that looks like you or i you know it's just yeah. it's like and i don't care that they don't but <clears throat> you know it's it's like you're not gods and goddesses we never thought of ourselves as gods yeah yeah absolutely we just we just think of ourselves as self-confident and we know what the fuck we're doing even if we screw up we're gonna admit it and move on Yes, that's called being a well-rounded human being. Yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I fucked up in my life when it came to just this. You know, it's just like, yeah. come on. Yeah, you know, shit, I don't. Know. I just happened. don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I'm. A, I, I'm as. When, when I say shit like that, when I say stuff like that, people accuse me of being like, you know, either QAnon or Trump or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's like. First off, who I support is none of your damn business. That's one thing. Yep. The yep. second thing is that I have conservative views and I have liberal views. Mm -hmm. I'm right. I'm, I'm somewhat down the middle with a lot of things. I lean a little bit left for a bunch of things, but mm -hmm. I also lean a little bit right for some other things too. Yeah. But that's a, that's of my concern, and it doesn't. But by someone trying to pigeonhole me or put me in a little box, and by a lot of people putting everybody else in a little box, you know, people who are in the middle of the road, who are like put in a box mm. through no fault of their own mm. they'll go towards the other box 
Yes. Because they're like, fuck you. It's it's like, why are you accusing me of something that I'm not doing? You want me to do this? I'll do this even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right. That, that's how people react. That's what a lot of people don't understand, that that's how they react. Yeah. And, and, and if, if you if you mess with anything in pop culture that people have known all their lives and you do it in such a dramatic fashion and you piss and you actively piss mm. on the characters that were there before. I mean, they practically neutered Thor. Yeah. They practically neutered. It's like they cut off his dick and, and they yeah. fucking make Cap a Hydra agent for fuck's sake. Oh, don't, for, don't. How long has he been Captain America? A hundred years? And it's like all of a sudden he's a Hydra agent? Oh, hail Hydra. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like they're trying to erase the entire history of all these characters. It's just it's like, no, you can't do that. If you're gonna do something like that, introduce <laughs> a new generation of heroes that Thank are you. just as compelling. You don't take the ones that you have and you pee on them and you don't neuter them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've said this for a long time, and I don't care if people think I'm a cunt for it, but the fact of the matter is, when you take an already established character and you go, there's this minority group, this minority demographic, we're going to take this character and change it so that it fits this minority uh, demographic, what you are doing is you are saying to those people, you're not good enough to have a new toy, Here's an old broken one. I haven't even used masking tape to put the leg back on. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, fucking insulting. It is insulting. Um, in, in the book that I'm working on, in, in, in the book, The Incantessi, um, the mentor character yeah. for Cassandra, if you, as you, as you read the story, you'll see it. Yeah. Um, the mentor character for Cassandra, her name's Amelia. She was a ballet dancer and everything. She's had... Uh, she's had a relationship with someone of the same sex for a long time, yeah. but she's bisexual. Yeah. But the way that I convey it, it's like, it's no big deal. It's like, okay, yeah. here we go. You know, it's, it's like, it's like the two of them are talking, like her and her girlfriend are talking on the phone and Cassandra's there. It's like, hello, hi, yeah. Aunt Philomena, you know, whatever it's supposed to be. You treat it like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's how you have to do it. You, you don't insult it. That's the one thing you don't want to do. You don't want to, ins- you don't want to ram it down someone's throat because Later in the story, you know, the aunt, Amelia, the mentor, winds up getting hot with the doctor that's there, as you'll see. And it's just, it's yeah. like, there you go. She's she's a little bit of a hoe, but that's okay because she's hot. You know, it's, it's like, all yeah, right, yeah. let's do it. But it's like she's freely expressing herself in a, in a sexual, romantic manner with either gender. And it's, it's not shoved down anybody's throats. Hmm. It's not forced. Yeah, it's it's not forced. No, nothing that nothing that I would do would just like I'm sure you would. Nothing that you do creatively is going to be forced on anybody's throat. No, like if, I'm, if it, I'm, there's, I'm not gonna. That's the one thing you cannot do with any type of audience is force it down their throats, and that's what yes. people. That's what a lot of writers do. You know, like what's that name? What's that name? The New Warriors guy, Daniel Kibblesmith. Oh God, yeah. Ooh, mountain man, Daniel Kibblesmith. Jesus Christ, I think he would die if he stubbed his fucking toe. Man, oh god, it, 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 he he's a walking he's a walking vagina. Yes, Jesus Christ, it's like I was really intimidated when uh, Night Thrasher had that knife come out of his wrist. I'm like, fucking, like, I, you think that's bad? Watch Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's it's like I wanted to make characters that are going to be accessible with internet gas and shit, and I'm just like. Dude, how did you get this job? 
Yeah, I'd like how, to how fucking. Did you, how did you get this gig? You're you're weak. It's, it's like you're taking every single stereotype and amplifying it, hmm. just so you think that there are going to be people who are going to look at it. Which is funny because on message boards, from what I've what I've heard and what I've seen, you know, they're all like, "This is the most pandering type bullshit. We don't need anything like this. It makes us look like we're hunting for sympathy." Yeah, you know, it, it's I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of social justice or anything along those lines because stuff like this has been going on for ages and ages and ages. Yes. You know, I mean, the, the, if anybody really decided to look into the, the past, mm. you know, in the seventies, you had powerful women characters, princess Leia, yeah. Linda Carter as wonder woman for fuck's sake, yes. You know, yes. like, like the bionic woman. I mean, um, there was a uh, doctor, it sounds silly, but Dr. Quinn medicine woman of all things. And that was like in the eighties, you know, so something as innocuous as that, but there were like Norma Ray in 1973 with with Sally field of all things, like the little tiny Sally field who's the size of a thumb, you know, it's it's like she had her own movie. It's just, it's like, you know, there've been powerful women and powerful men, back then and they were flawed characters. I mean, John Wayne is the same thing. Towards yes. the end of all of his movies, he's realizing, you know, I am an old gunslinger. I'm going to get killed if I keep doing this. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like now everyone has to be, now anyone who is, anyone who's anyone, I mean, forget about like a certain demographic. I mean, anyone who is anyone, every single person has to be highlighted. And every single person has to be noticed. And every single person has to have that. And I'm like, no, everyone gets noticed based on their merits, not on what they, best based on their merits and on their character. Yeah. That's it. And it's it's like, I mean, I, I, I don't begrudge, you know what? I don't begrudge anybody who does that because I can, I guess I can understand a little bit why mm-hmm. that's done. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people who are transgender are killed on an almost regular basis. And that that really is horrific. Yeah, absolutely. That's a horrible thing because, I mean, it's one thing if you, I can only imagine how much it would be if, if, it, if it's one thing if you're gay. Hmm. It's another thing if you're trapped in the gender of a body that you feel like you're not meant to be in. And that that's a prison worse than death. Yeah. I can only imagine how horrifying that can be. You know, and then wanting to be identified as the gender that you identify as and be murdered for it or hurt by it. Yes, I get that. And and I can I can only I mean I can only understand it on the periphery. Hmm. But when you tell people who want to understand and want to empathize that if you don't listen to anything that I say or do as I tell you to do, you're a piece of shit, then Then we go down a dangerous path. Please. A, a very, very dangerous path. I mean, look, you t- you touched upon this uh, earlier, and I completely agree. I do believe that some of these people who are pushing these agendas have good intentions. However, good intentions, that's what the road to hell is paved with, is it not? Yeah. You know, yeah. and whether people like it or not, one of the most hated men in history, one of the most evil, psychotic assholes in the history of mankind adolf hitler thought he was doing what was best for mankind and everyone 
right? That's a hard fact to get our heads around, but we have to. He never stood there and went, I want to be the villain. No, he believed in what he was doing. He believed it was in the benefit of every man, woman, and child. And what he was doing was fucking horrible and should never have happened in the first place, right? Yeah, it, it's, it shouldn't look, have. And, and someone like that should never, I mean, someone like that should have been stopped right then and there. Yeah. And murdered right then and there. Yes. were murdered in the crib that he was born in right then and there. Re regardless of whether he thought it was any type of thing like that, you're right. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say, I'd like to think that anybody who, go, who, who supports that, the, the alternative lifestyles that are alternative to guys like you and I and everything won't go that far. Hmm. But it's the it's it's all amplified by social media yeah you know and when when i talked to when i talked to you about that girl that didn't like that that loved boba fett but i did not like boba fett and after like a couple of replies back and forth on social media no less than five of her friends are telling me to go fuck myself yeah i'm like i, I i'm glad that i had the cognizant awareness to, um, excuse me. I'm glad I had the cognizant aware of this. That it's like, well, first off, I'm in I'm in England, and they're all in California, so they're not going to fly. Out, they're not going to be stupid enough to fly over here to do something. Yeah. And uh, I don't care what they think; they'll probably be angry at someone else. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like I could care less. It, it, it's like I mean, one, one time I, I'm a huge supporter of Alexander Ocasio Cortez. I, I love her. I think mm -hmm. she's a brilliant, brilliant legal mind. She really is. And it's like I said one thing, and then a whole bunch of people jumped on me because I supported her. And it's it's like, but I also support John McCain when he was alive. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the one thing that the one thing that he did, I mean, aside from you know, decide not to go home without his boys, without, without his fellow troops in Vietnam because they were like, I mean, did you hear the story about with uh, with John McCain where it's like no. the the Viet, the Viet Cong, they um singled out John McCain because his dad was a millionaire and he had dealings with people, you know, in China and all that stuff. And it turns out that, you know, they, the Viet Cong were going to release him hmm. from the prison. He yeah. said, no, he's like, well, are the rest of the guys in my company going to go with me? And they're like, no. And it's like, well, F you, I'm not leaving them. There's a the kid who's like, who has a multimillionaire for a father. And he's like, well, yeah. F you, I'm not leaving without them. So he endured another few years of torture. He couldn't raise his arms over his shoulder because his arm was broken so many damn times. Yeah. But his bones and his arms must have looked like, you know, a, a, a jagged edge. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And um, when he was running against Barack Obama for president of the United States, mm -hmm. there was a woman who, who was dumb as you can get. She decides <laughs> to go up there and she's like, I don't trust Barack Obama because he's an Arab. And she's like, no. And then John McCain, regardless of whatever party he's in, Whatever, whatever, regardless of whatever party Barack Obama was in, he takes the microphone from her and he goes, look, we differ politically. Hmm. I know his wife. I know his kids. He's a decent human being. He's a family man. He's an honorable man. We just differ politically. That's it. I don't want to hear him be some sort of Arab thing. And it's like that's perpetuated 
in a lot of ways these days more than ever with social media. Social media is a huge evil. And it pushes everybody to one side or the other, you know, and, and that and, and that it permeates in every single thing that we do, whether it's entertainment, whether it's um, comic books, whether it's TV shows, you know, whether it's one thing or another. It, it's like a lot of times you have to really just turn it off after a bit because it does drive you nuts. Yeah, yeah. it does. But as far as entertainment is concerned. Going back to like comic books, I mean, that's the reason why I like the indie market because in the indie market, everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. Everyone's doing their own thing. You're doing your book, I'm doing mine. Yeah. And, and our two um, books, they differ very big time. <laughs> you oh, know? They do. They do. It's, it's like my, mine, they... mine, I can't say is female, like female. My, my book is not going to be female dominant. The character just happens to be female. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing. My, the character happens to be female. And, and as the story unfolds with my character, she's going to turn down a dark path. Mm. She's not going to be a pleasant person to deal with after a couple of issues, truly. Yeah. But it, it's it's like, this is how it's going to go. Your, your, your book is a lot different from mine. Mm. But there's room for our books. Yes. Because we not just hit, not so much hit the same demographic, and we we don't, and it's not so much that we cater to the audience. But we're telling a story. Mm. We're telling a story, and, and whether you, I mean, I'm so glad that so many people like the story that you have and the story that I have. Yeah, but you know, it's it's like everybody just needs to ease up. Yes, they do. Everybody, really and including that includes anybody who's super conservative, mm -hmm. anybody who's super liberal, that includes anybody who's in the middle or the extreme right or the extreme left. Calm the fuck down because your life does not exist in a bubble like that. It yes. does not. There's a trillion, there's an infinite amount of things you could be doing with your life instead of looking at social media and getting pissed about someone who thinks that QAnon are liars or that AOC is this. Or that, you know, Trump is that, or Kellyanne uh, McEnany is uh, Kellyanne Conway is this, or mm -hmm. Jen Pataki is this, or whatever. Who cares? Do yes. something good with your life. Do something positive. I mean, yeah. event, even if the positive isn't covered all the time, it eventually gets out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Let Let me tell you something that I told John Hervey when I had him on the show. There, there was once this nurse, she was an end-of-life carer. Every patient she had, they were on their last legs, only a few days to go, and she would take care of them. She would listen to their deathbed confessions, and she started to notice there was a pattern. They, All these people, they were repeating certain confessions. So she started taking note of every deathbed confession, and she realized they all fit into five character, uh, categories, word for word. They never strayed from any of these five. And the number one most used deathbed confession was people who were just about to die saying, I wish I allowed myself to be happy. Yep. And that's what people need to do, because right now they're not allowing themselves to be happy. They're getting caught up in all this bullshit and i mean that it is bullshit if people honestly think that politics is the be all and end all of everything wow you have got something to fucking learn two people that i work with 
are staunchly conservative. Yeah. You know, politically on the other side of the aisle than I am. Because I'm liberal, progressive, whatever the fuck it is. But I do not care because the one thing that binds us together is our, our desire to create. Yes. These are people who are my brothers. I fucking, I love them. Love yeah. them. Yeah. One of them I consider my brother, and I hope to God he has the gumption and the, and like the vacation time to fly all the way from California to fucking London so he can stay in my place. Because he's a he's a good, good man. And it's just that I don't care what politics you have. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what it is. Mm. I, I think that's what we're all trying to convey here. It's, it's like, as a Caucasian male, and just like you as a Caucasian male, we don't really care or are concerned about whether your transgenderness or your gayness or your political standing is going to bother us because quite frankly, it does not. Yeah. We're trying to just do our thing. We're trying mm -hmm. to just make people happy. We're you and I are making each other crack up like fucking crazy. And I like to think that all of our audience, all of your audience is laughing with us, you know, yeah, and like having a good time and learning things, mm. you know, and, and I, it's, it's like, that's the key, you know, instead of hating each other for something as stupid and as fleeting as that, yeah. you know, just, just not even so you don't, it's not like a kumbaya thing either. Just, just live your life and, and do good. Yes. Love your, love the people that love you back, you know, and if you're an artist and you're a comic artist, put out a great fucking story. That, yes. That's all. Just put out yeah. a great goddamn story. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, that, that's really it. That's really it, man. We went, we went past our time. Were we supposed to like read off the rewards for yours or mine or something like that? Or we have time for that? Or we not, um, we don't, we don't, okay. Uh, we, we can, we can do some of that if you want, man. I just want to quickly well, cover you. I mean, we chat. already ran past the time. We ran past the time by like 20 minutes already. Ah, that's cool, man. Shit happens. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. We'll quickly go through the chat and then we'll cover your campaign and we'll cover my campaign and it'll be all good. Uh, cover yours first, and then we'll no cover mine. Because you're the host. No worries, man. Uh, Bree in the chat says, in indie novel writing, it is pretty normal, maybe even expected, to hire a sensitivity editor down the line. I get a lot of concerned comments when I tell fellow authors I won't spend money on that, and good for you, Bree. I wouldn't good spend money now. on a sensitivity right. writer. Good, because it's like, good it's just it's ridiculous when it's a sensitivity thing i yeah. if they did a sensitivity thing on blazing sales you'd see the beginning credits the end credits and that's it yeah yes <laughs> literally that's it and that movie's fucking amazing absolutely oh, it's funny, amazing it's, it's the funniest movie that mel brooks ever put out mm. the funniest movie that mel brooks ever put out and he's put out some fucking gems holy shit and at the end of the day you're the writer okay so it's your yeah. book it's your story the moment you give it to a sensitivity reader you're no longer the author that's it it's no longer your work they will take your dream and fucking butcher it so that they don't get offended and you know what every human being on this planet not one excluded has the right to be offended but no one no one, not one person excluded, has the right to not be offended. Because the moment you have that right, you are taking away a human emotion. Once you take away one human emotion, you're no longer human. That's right. That's right. And if you take away that, you're under control of something. You're not, you're not you. You're yeah. under control of something, and that's bad.
Hmm. Publishing company. Okay, you can have an alien, but they need to be gay, transgender, and can't kill anyone. Uh, and, uh, I, 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 I don't know. It's possible, Zach, man. Zachary, and... Zach, I gotta ask you a question, man. Has any has that ever actually happened? Where it's like you need a gay transgender alien that won't kill anybody. I I do I do know a couple of people who have uh, <laughs> who have been working for a publisher and they've given their story in and the publishers turned around and said right you need to change the lead the lead from this gender to this gender and all sorts Why? of things like that to try and fit the, uh, the the political narrative I suppose we don't want to offend people and we want to show that that this demographic is absolutely fucking awesome and can do no wrong even though look fact of life it doesn't matter what demographic you fit into in every single group there's a couple of assholes that's just how it is yeah that is very true that is very true and it's just uh, I'm still trying to get around the whole gay transgender alien that's not going to kill anybody <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna do? Make, make a cake? I mean, what is that shit? <laughs> um, I am as genuine as I can probably say be in my work, and I will own all that it will bring, good and bad. Good, but well, yeah, <laughs> you, you know what, Brianna, you don't even have to proclaim that. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you're saying it out loud, but you don't have to proclaim that to anybody else as long as you know that what you're doing is just and right and, and you're telling your true story whatever it be come what may at the yeah. very least whether it succeeds or not at least it's yours at least yes. it's yours and no one can ever take that away from you no one will ever be able to take that away from you at all so yes do what you're write what you're gonna write and it does not matter because there are gonna be people who are gonna hate it there are gonna be people who are gonna yeah. love it I'm sure there are gonna be people who are gonna look at my stuff and go ew you know I mean it's just but I don't care because there's gonna be a lot more people who like it and it already shows on the Kickstarter so I don't really care but you can't please everybody exactly exactly you know and you shouldn't try to please everybody that you know is gonna work for you you know, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> Unless it's like a positive KKK story or something like that. You know, it's like, you know, the, hey, this this is the this is the KKK family, and we're taking out the garbage. Oops! Don't pay attention to that bloody black corpse over there. You know, just you know, here, here's our cat. Here's our cat. Isn't he pretty? You know, just you know, <laughs> don't write that because that sucks. <laughs> you know, but, well, so. And we've got. Oh, you're gonna come back. There is some dude in bed with you and your wife. Happy? Oh God! If there is, I, I'd laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got so many people. I I won't be able to cover all of them, but I will be able to say hello to Pancho. Thank you hey, so Pancho. much for joining us, and also Mr. Tickle Trunk. Thank you very much for joining us as well. And I'm sorry wow. if I've missed anyone. Mr. Tickle Trunk. Okay. I love some of the ones. I really do. Love it. I, Love it. I really do. It's awesome. Okay, man. Let's quickly cover our campaigns. Let's quickly right. cover our campaigns before we go, man. And may I just say, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this show. I hope the I can get you on mine. again in the future. The pleasure's mine. It's it's like that. That's what I love about these. That's what I love about a lot of podcasts, especially you know stuff like this, because they take a life of their own. And we, yes. we both express everything that's on our minds. <laughs> yes. I, I, I've, I've had a similar conversation 
with another podcaster. And it's just, it's like, it's so cool because it's like the overwhelming majority of humans understand humanity at its core. Yes. And it's not beating the, beating everybody's brow, beating everyone to death over gender mispronunciation yeah. or whatever else it might be. Look, please go ahead. Of, Racing. At the end of the day, you don't get an open mind by kicking people in the head. That's, That's right. Facts. You know, Right. Exactly. <laughs> and can i just say thank you to all 52 backers of my campaign because i am now Ooh. one pound over the 100 goal thank you so much for getting lady Got satan it. and Angelina killer's job, dress man. funded congratulations yes. fucking awesome that is awesome it. dude you oh. got it congrats i'm very happy for you man I can sit easy now, and I know that when I wake up tomorrow, it will be in demand. So the the promotion is going to have to keep going. I can just slow it down a bit and just have a bit more fun with the book now. <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's it's all good. And uh, yes, all fifty two of you are now officially awesome. And if anyone tells you otherwise, send them my way. I'll have a polite conversation with them. Pissing <laughs> their pissing their fucking cornflakes. That's what you do. <laughs> so here's the incantessi. Tell us a little bit more about the story. Okay. Uh, the Incantessi is a story about Cassandra, who is a professional dancer, who finds out in the most, in the most horrific, in, in the most unconventional and unpleasant ways that not only is she is to be amongst the, one of the greater sorcerers of, you know, within the history of sorcery and human history, uh, but she is also supposed to be a keeper of the wrath, an offshoot of the Incantessi. The Incantessi are actually uh, a branch of sorcerers in like the uh, the 17th century, who uh, some of them branch off and decide to take out their uh, decide to uh, stop a whole bunch of villages from killing them because that's when they were still burning witches and all that. That's a commission, by the way. Um, but some but the but some of them they get a little bit bloodthirsty and they just start killing people in general because they think if all these people want to kill us, we might as well just wipe them all out which they start to do and more and more more and more sorcerers who were originally from the incantessi are now part of the wrath and th th at the end of everything the, the the few incantessi that were remaining that they wound up taking all the souls and the bodies of the wrath that were left mm -hmm. and yeah. threw them into a pocket dimension to make sure that they would never go anywhere because they don't have they have enough not to kill they will not kill mm -hmm. which is bad of course because they always come back. So they, they shove them into this dimensional dimensional portal that keeps them closed there for centuries until lately where they've garnered enough power that they could potentially break through, but they need a vessel to break through. And that's where Cassandra comes in because she has the capability of wielding such great power that she can also help break the barrier. It used to be Amelia, but there's something that has to happen that's going to be revealed that that happened right now that's going to be revealed over the issue that's going to take cassandra and completely destroy whatever life she has and the understanding of any any type of life that she thought that she had and that's where the tagline comes in i mean will she embrace her destiny or will she be consumed by it nice. and we find out within the four issues and the ending i'm still up in the air about i'm probably going to make i don't know if i'm going to make it like a happy ending which i don't think i will yeah um but i don't know if this person is all of a sudden going to succumb to it or just take the power of the wrath and use it for herself who knows awesome, who knows man. what we're going to do i mean she starts out great but you know as time goes by 
with the things she finds out, especially when it concerns her family. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest of this book, man. Like I said, I got through those first few pages and it's just, it's so captivating. It grabs you instantly. So guys, if you like the sounds of what you're hearing, there is a pinned comment in the chat which is a link to the kickstarter campaign for the incantessi you can also check out the description box down below and poncho says i love this guy and thank you poncho. i appreciate that man um guys uh what what i do is oh i do every i'm gonna do every day for this 38 back is rich someone just jumped on thank you excellent um i am going to one thing i'm going to do is i'm going to go live every single day and over the course of the campaign, even when I'm going to be optimistic, even when I do pass the goal that I have, I'm going to continuously offer stretch goals and I'm continuously going to go live. Now, my, my lives are public. My, my live sessions are public. Anybody can, can anybody can see them. But it's easier if you decide to send me a friend request so I can easily accept it. And you can see my live shows that much easier because then you learn more about me. You learn more about the book that I'm working on. You see some of the art being created right in front of you. Mm. And I get to interact with anybody who wants to learn more about this. And that's the best part about this whole thing. Interacting with people who are fans of not just my work, but just fans of comics and sci-fi in general. And that's what I love about doing these, these podcasts. And I got to tell you, man, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this because this has been a blast. And I, I and once again, it reaffirms that it's like, the one good thing about social media is that you find people of like mind, of yes. like creative mind. And it's 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 a blast to continuously do these things. And I'm so happy that I did this show. Thank you. Anytime, man. I'm happy to have you on, man. And like I said, I'd be more than happy to have you on again in the future. Spe We'll have to get you on once your campaign's finished so we can see right. just how well it is done and let everyone know about it. Let's hope it. Let's hope it goes well. You know, it's it's like I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm optimistic, yeah, I, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I I, I it, it will get funded one way or the other. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to find. I'm just not going to anticipate when. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to keep plugging away and keep throwing out and putting out whatever knowledge I have, whatever talent I have. And whatever thoughts I have, and good or bad, if anybody debates or decides to talk about it, like you and I did, you know, that's great because the, the best part about everything is like the, the collaborative thought and the coming of a solution. You know, it, it's it's like that that's all there is to it. We all have to like stick together. All of us creatives have to stick together because there's not that many of us, regardless of how many people are there out there, there's not that many of us. Truly, yeah. we're a tenth of 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 a population of this planet. We're we're really rare. We yeah. are. We are. It's the truth, you know. And it's like we really need to stick together because the remaining nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, whatever the hell it is that aren't, don't really like us because we express ideas that people don't think are congruent with theirs. Yeah. Oh, man. man it's been so awesome to get to sit down and talk to you like this and i just quickly want to say before we go hello to ryan when yes lady satan it is funded right, in lady satan, baby. 
Thank you Get so going. much for everyone's support. It's been absolutely awesome, man. So, like I said, Rich, it's been a pleasure having you on. I'm definitely going to have you mind. on again in the future, Break man. Because I have a feeling there's so many more subjects that we can cover. <laughs> it's going to be well, great I, I doing so. Doing. I, 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 if you didn't have anything to do at the rest of the day, I'd talk to you for at least a couple more hours. That I, I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. care. This is yeah, too much fun. Man. I, I would let this carry on longer, but in less than an hour, I've got another stream to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, take care of your business, do what you got to do, and you and I will talk again soon. Hell Thank you yes, so much. Thank you. Anytime, my man. It. Thank you very much, man. Anytime. And guys, thank you so much for watching and joining in with the chat and helping to fund Lady Satan. You're absolutely awesome. I will be back on Monday where I will be joined by Arya Black, the man behind T the adventures of Talos in outer space. And that's going to be fucking awesome, which means I've got nothing left to say to you except this. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Most importantly, though, stay safe and stay awesome. All right. Peace out, guys.